He's bigger than anything we're facing this morning. He's bigger than any devil that's trying to attack you this morning. He's bigger than any cancer cell that's tried to attack your body. He's bigger this morning than any relationship problem. He's bigger this morning than any church problem. He's bigger this morning than anything that we're facing. We're talking about God here. We're talking about the one who stepped out on nothing and created everything. The one who, when a word comes out of his mouth, things come into existence. The wall's white, but if he says it's green, baby, that wall is going to turn green because when God shows up, things start to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a, a praise in this place as you sit to your seat this morning. Go ahead and grab out your word. We're going to go straight into the word of God this morning. I feel like I have our own time word for this place today. Hallelujah. We're going to be in John 20, 24 this morning. And as you find your place, I just want to read this to you. It's out of Proverbs. It's Proverbs 18, 29. And it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The Bible says where there is no vision, that's when the people perish. I want to talk to you this morning about vision and not in the normal way that this is normally preached. Because vision has a lot to do with just our daily, normal, day-to-day activity. You know, you have to be able to see your alarm clock when you get up in the morning. You have to see the, the road as you're driving down the road to work. You have to, to be able to see your computer when you get to work. You have to, to be able to see all these things because whatever, you know, your vision will limit your mobility. It, it, where there is no vision, it, it hind, it, there's a hindrance. Where, there, where you can't see like you're supposed to be able to see. It will start messing things up. It'll start to clog things up and and things won't work. So where we're at this morning is in John 20. And I know this won't make sense right away, but it's going to all tie in together. If you would read along with me, it says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Now they're talking about after Easter, when Jesus died, he went down into the tomb he rose again on the third day hallelujah he came up from the grave and he revealed himself to to mary magdalene he revealed himself to to the other 11 he revealed himself to other people but but thomas we're talking about doubting thomas here yes the doubting thomas we're talking about thomas this morning he was not there when jesus revealed himself to the 12 the other disciples therefore said unto him we have seen the lord but he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails and put my finger into the print of his nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, here comes Jesus. And then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. There's Jesus. Just goes right through the wall. Walks in and says, peace, boys. Just goes right through the wall. Then he said unto Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither my hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. 
Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and still believed. You know what I love about this? Is because Thomas had missed out on what he thought was, you know, experiencing Jesus. And there was a little bit of unbelief there. Yes, they, he knew they had had their experience with Jesus, but he wanted his own experience with Jesus. How many of you have been in church and it looks like, you know, for all the other churches or all the other congregations or even the people sitting on your pew, it looks like everything is just going so good. It looks like their bank accounts in order. It looks like their marriage is in order. It looks like just everything looks so good from the outside. Hallelujah. But how many know most families are like a Christmas present? It looks so good on the inside, but once you open it up, it wasn't really what you wanted, but you smiled anyway. I just came up with that. You loved it and you know it. Thomas wanted his own relationship with Jesus. He didn't want to, to hear about the relationship the other 12 had. He wanted his own. And what I love about this scripture is Jesus knew that. How many know that, you know, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Jesus thinks that you're enough to come for. He's he seen Thomas, and it was only one. The other 11 had already got it. This one, this one, he went after one. How many times in the Bible did Jesus go after when it says one left the fold, the 99 were there, but he went after the one. How many know the woman at the well, Andrew? She was just one lady. But the Bible says that um, Jesus said, must needs go through Samaria. He had to go her way. But it was just one woman. But, but look what happened when he showed up at the well and he started reading her future. She dropped her pots and she went running into the city and she evangelized the whole city. How, how many know the power of one this morning? That Jesus is willing to show up in your situation even if you're just one. You're big enough, you're strong enough, you're equipped enough that God wouldn't have sent you to the task that he did if he didn't think so. And I want you to, to, to remember this morning, my people, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Well, I wasn't planning on going this way, but I look around this morning and it reminds me of a time in our ministry when things weren't looking too good. It reminds me of a time when people were walking out and I didn't understand. It reminds me of a time when people were lying on me behind my back and I didn't understand why they were saying these things. But what I didn't understand is it had to happen. It was the will of God. And I, I couldn't see it for all the bad stuff. I couldn't see it because it, it didn't look like things were working for me. It looked like everybody was walking away from me. It looked like what God had called me to was a lie and I looked foolish. It looked like everybody was walking away because I was failure. But what I didn't know was some people had to leave my life for me to start walking into the destiny. Some people had to walk out so that God could cultivate these things out of me that I didn't know were in me. I had to get in an empty church, an empty congregation. We went a while and we didn't have people. We had us. We had Jesus. And that was about it. Sometimes God has got to get you alone so he can cultivate those small things because he has a plan to bring you to the bigger things. And so don't get discouraged this morning when it looks like nothing is happening because God truly is working behind the scenes. Hallelujah. He cares about you enough. If you're just one, he'll come after you. He'll come after you in the hospital room this morning, wherever you're at. 
He can come after you. You know, whatever kind of pit you've dug yourself in, it doesn't matter. Jesus is willing to look down. But I want to talk about vision this morning. Because our life, our relationship with God, our relationship with friends, our relationship with church, everything depends on it. It depends on how well can you see Jesus. And have you had an experience with Jesus? Because, you know, a lot of times people will come to church and they'll like what they see and they just start mimicking what they see in other people and, you know, and all this stuff. But they haven't had any real experience with Jesus. They just come and they raise their hands and they say hallelujah and and then they go back home to their broken life. Nothing changed. Everything missing still. And they wonder why it's not working. It's because they need to get along with Jesus. We need to know. I'm so glad we sang that song today. How great is our God? Because how many and how many times and how often do we forget how great God is that he truly is the one that forms the universe? Have you ever seen one of those YouTube videos that talks about how big the universe is and, and about how many millions of stars and about literally how many millions of earths could fit inside of these one star? And then like these, there's millions of stars in these galaxies and then there's millions of galaxies in these clusters and then there's millions of clusters that we can't even see. God is so big that there's no human way to even define him. I've always said, once I leave earth, I hope I get to take a tour of the galaxies on my way out. I think it is so cool out there what God has done. He just flings things and there's lights exploding and all kinds of stars just bursting and all kinds. I mean, and think about that. You know, God knew that we would never see most of those millions of stars, but yet, when it gets dark outside, he knew we'd be able to see him out in the night sky. He wanted you to know his vastness. He wanted you to know how big he is. He wants you to know that you can go outside and look up at the stars and say, oh, he's got it in control. The earth is still spinning. The sun came up this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We need to know who God is. You know, God is a friend. He'll stick closer than a brother. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the first and the last. Hallelujah. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord, our provider. He's our healer this morning. He's everything that we need. His name is Elohim. He's God, creator, mighty and strong. His name is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner in victory. Hallelujah. His name is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. He's everything that we need this morning. He's the Lord most high and his name is Jesus. And we've got him everywhere we go. I know it doesn't feel like it, but he's in us, living through us and out of us. And he, want, he wants to show up where you show up. He wants to show up in the Walmart line. He wants to show up down at the, the fast track and down at the when you're getting your tires changed. God wants to show up because that, my friend, is where the real people are. For some reason, we can't get them into church anymore. We're going to have to go out and show the love of Jesus. And for that to happen, we've got to have a clear vision of who he is. It just reminds me of when Jesus came walking on the water. They were out in the middle of a hurricane and, and nothing was going right. The wind was coming, the waves were breaking, the thunder and the lightning were striking. And it looked like all was lost. 
But here came Jesus walking on the water. And, and crazy, crazy, loud mouth, ear chopping Peter. He said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come out onto the water. And all Jesus said was, come. Oh, Lord, that was a word for somebody. The Lord is telling you to come and that's all he's going to say. You see, he didn't give Peter an extravagant message. He didn't say, you're going to get your feet out. When you get wet, you're going to get on the water and it's not going to feel right. He just said, come. And that's all the Lord is saying to you this morning. He's saying, come. All you need to know is to come. This is me. This is Jesus. And so Peter, he walks out into the water. And, and as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, as long as he had his vision and his sight set on Jesus, he actually walked on the water. But how many know that oftentimes when God calls us out into stuff like, like ministry, Donna, you've been in ministry for a long time. I know that you know this is going to be easy because, you know, a lot of times when you get called into ministry, it's just like walking on the water. You have no idea what you're signing up for. You have no idea. And yeah, you get your feet wet. Sometimes you sink. Sometimes the wind, the wind and the waves. But, but what, what happened to Peter was he got his eyes off of Jesus and onto the ministry. He got his eyes off of Jesus and onto his calling. You say he was called out onto the water, not down into the water. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he could stay on top of the water. But life gets stressful when, when those things that we know God called us into, we turn our eyes from him to the thing and try to figure out walking on the water our own self that's when life gets really bad but so often you know it's tricky because the wind and the rain it's so tempting to to look at it and try to figure out all your own self how's this going to work how's how's this budget going to work and how how where are the people going to come from or you know what I, I don't have this and i don't have that and but how many know that god God Almighty, God Almighty, Alpha and Omega, Creator. He has the answer. He has the answer today. Hallelujah. And so anything that affects your vision, it affects your mobility. It, it, it determines where you can go. You know, God said to Abraham, I'll give you what you can see. Go out and look at the land, and as far as you can see, that's what I'll give you. God's trying to tell you this morning that if you can see it, you can be it. Just like Space Jam said, if you can see it, then you can be it. God, that's what God is saying to you this morning. If you can just put your eyes on it, get a vision for it. Our vision starts up in our mind. If you can get it in your mind's eye, there's nothing, hallelujah, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, that can stop you this morning. Nothing, nothing. If you can see it, and the same goes for healing. If you can see your way out of it, if you believe that God's your healer, there's not a cancer on this earth that can stop you. There's not a diabetes on this earth that can stop you. There, there's not anything. If you can see your way out of it this morning, God can bring you out of it. He's big enough. Hallelujah. It's quiet in this Baptist church. Y'all go ahead and give the Lord a praise. Somebody clap your hands. Praise the Lord. Let's have church in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He wants to know if he can get it to you this morning. He wants to know if you're too busy looking at other things. He knows you say all these things, and he knows you're, you keep talking about these problems, but is this what you really want? He wants you to sit down and, and get real with him. He wants to have a one-on-one -on -one with you. 
and say, okay, what, what is this really? Why, why are you doing this for real? Like, what's your real motives behind this? And it's not because he wants to know because he already knows. He wants you to get to know yourself because a lot of times we don't. And we think we want all these things and doing all these things, but, but what's the real reason? God wants you to know because he already knows. Hallelujah. We've got to get a vision for Jesus. What, what happened, I wonder? What, what happened to, you know, when, when these churches, people used to come in and fall on the altar and just and cry for hours? What happened to, to, you know, we can sing more than three praise songs on Sunday morning and it'll be okay? What happened to people that actually enjoyed coming to church and going out into the world and, and living the gospel and living that love? You know, there's something that sets a, a human soul on fire. When they see an act of love, it's there's something as simple as... As like when you pay for somebody's food behind you in the drive-thru, there, <laughs> there's something that sets off on the inside of you and clicks that says, ooh, that's, that's love. That's, that's love for humanity right there. There's something, even just those simple acts that sets a soul on fire. And I wonder, I wonder where that went. I wonder where the church lost its fire. I'm talking about every church in America. I'm talking about America. I wonder when we're going to come back to the altars and fill them up and say, God, I repent of my sins because we've we've turned the Bible into a prosperity message and we've turned the Bible into, Lord, get me everything I want. We've turned the Bible and church into, well, I'll keep coming here if you keep preaching what I want. And we've turned this whole thing into us and God has no room to work anymore. He needs a heart that will come and lay down on the altar and say, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner and I can't do this without you. I'm not going to be able to make it out of this without you. I need you, God. And when you give your heart to God like that, I'm talking about in a for real way. Because it's easy to come to church and pretend. Everybody can do that. I'm talking about souls that are on fire for God, that keep their eyes on Him and that don't sink. Hallelujah. There's an adventure somewhere out on the water for you. And the funny part about that story is there's, there's going to be 11 more people in the boat that didn't get out, and they're going to say things about you because it makes them uncomfortable because you got out of the boat and they didn't but that's okay that's okay you got to go wherever God calls you and if he says come you've got to go hallelujah it's all about him it's not about us that's that's where we get it twisted (laughs) it's where we get it twisted hallelujah we need a fresh revelation of who God is we just need to be reminded You know, this word, Andrew was telling me this story last night about the slaves. And back when they set the slaves free, there was a law, the the proclamation of emancipation. And uh, it, it went out that it was no longer, you can no longer have slaves. And And so to keep their slaves, a lot of the owners never told their slaves about this new law. 
and they, I mean, they didn't go to town or anything. So how were they supposed to hear about stuff? Because they didn't have a copy of the Emancipation Proclamation. How often do we not know that we're free in a certain area to be this or free in a certain area to be that because we haven't gotten out our copy that lets us know that we're free. It's all spelled out about all the new things we can do and, not, and this and that and the places we can go and the things that we can conquer and, and, and all this stuff that we can do. But until we get out the document, those slaves stayed in slavery for a long time because the devil had them believing that that's all they'd ever be and that they'd never get up out of it and that there was no hope. All along there was hope. They just didn't know about it. I want to remind you this morning that there is hope. There is hope. And usually just when it looks like it's all over, when it looks like the end, when it looks like the finance is not going to come through, when it looks like all is lost, when it looks like the marriage is over, when it looks like your kid has done the last drug that their body's going to be able to take, God can walk in and turn it around. Don't give up your hope this morning. Don't give up faith. Go ahead and stand to your feet.